To write is human. To edit is divine. Stephen King. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. We wanted to use this quote basically all month, but especially today, because today we're talking about how to charge for your editing services. There are several different levels, several different qualifications that have to come into play while you're considering what to charge. So we're going to start off with the sample edit. Before you even sign a contract with the author, before you figure out what you're doing, you get the opportunity to do a sample edit. These are generally free. This is a teaser to help give them an idea of what they're paying for and help you have a qualifier to make sure that this person is somebody you want to work with before money is exchanged. So for the most part, sample edits are free. If the editor is very inundated, they might add a charge to it simply to lessen the number of looky-loos coming through and get their work schedule back to a manageable level. Sample edits also serve a couple of different purposes. These are an opportunity to see and check whether the author is actually ready to be edited. The editor can often look at the first couple of pages, first chapter, whatever that sample edit is, and say, hey, you're not ready for this yet. There are several other things that need to happen, such as if you're going to a proofreader, the proofreader will look at the sample edit and go, sorry, you need copy editing or you need developmental editing. Go work on that first before you come to me. And this is also a good time for the editor to check the author how they are going to react to edits, how they're going to respond. Are they going to just blanket accept everything? Are they going to blanket reject everything? Both of those things are a problem. So this is the opportunity for an editor to see, is this author going to be a good fit for me to work with? And regardless of how good they think they are with the tools, how good is the author actually with the tools that you guys are trying to use to communicate? We'll talk more about the tools that you use in editing next episode, but today we're mostly talking about how to charge. The sample edit sets the standard and helps you determine that. As an editor, you will know that some projects will take more time, will take more effort than others. The sample edit helps you determine the charge, which is the rest of this episode. Now, there is something called the Triangle of Doom called by me. It's been called a lot of different things by a lot of different people, but you're going to see it throughout most of the freelance world. The three points of this triangle are good, fast, and cheap. Typically, an editor is going to be two of those three. They're either going to be good and cheap, but not fast. They're going to be fast and cheap, but not good. Or they're going to be fast and good, but not cheap. So this is something for authors to keep in mind as they are finding an editor, but this is also something for you to keep in mind as an editor when setting your prices. Because if you're good and cheap, then your schedule is going to fill up very quickly and it's going to be a long time before you can get to the person who is coming to you and so on around the triangle. We do want to point out that most of what we talk about in this episode is for people who are freelance editing. 
as a freelancer, you do get a lot of that freedom. You get to pick your own clients, you get to set your own rates, you get to set your own schedule. However, the downside to that is that you often don't get the same level of consistency unless you become very popular and well-known in the editing sphere. Working with a publisher would give you that steady base income, steady client flow, but your options are fewer because they are choosing the authors that they're allowing in and then assigning you editing. There are some industry standards as far as how to charge. Generally, for a half-decent editor that's not just going to run something through a Grammarly spell check, you're going to see about two and a half to three and a half cents per word. At Aspen House, we start around the two and a half cents per word and then we round up to the 10,000 word bumper. So if you have 58,000 words, we round up to 60. This helps us not argue about, well, you made these edits here and you changed this bit there. Therefore, the word count changed. Therefore, I'm not going to pay you as much. It just smooths over all of that and we can keep the main thing the main thing. Also, you can adjust your rates to accommodate budgets. If the sample edit was really easy and you can tell it's not going to take a lot of work for you, you can lower that price because it's not going to be as difficult or as much work or time for you to edit it. And that will allow the author a little bit more freedom because honestly, in freelance, you're dealing mostly with self-published authors and most of them don't have the funds to spend a ton of money on edits. If this comes up in conversation and they feel like, well, I can't drop $2,000 right now, then it's very common to break up those payments. We do a lot of half now, half at the end because then you've got some skin in the game. We won't get through all of that time of editing. And then you go, nah, never mind. I'm not going to pay. You've got some in there to get us started. So half now, half later is pretty common. I've also seen other editors do installments, especially if it's for a large project like a Lord of the Rings style series of books that all kind of have to be edited at once. Installments. So when you get through the first 50,000 words, I'll give you this much. And then next 50,000 words, I'll give you this much. It breaks it up, makes it a little easier. As the editor, you can also choose to lessen the blow of the cost by using time to your advantage. If an author comes to you and they can't pay your rates for that good fast edit, you can make it cheaper if they're willing to give you more time to work on the project to allow you to focus on the projects that will bring in a little bit more money for you, but you can still work on this one in the background along the way. That will allow you to cut the rate because you're not expected to get it done very quickly. And in that same breath, if someone needs something done right away, charge them more for it. You can say, yes, I can add you to my list and get to you in March, Or if you want to pay this extra amount, if it's this important to you to publish it before Christmas, then I can add you to my docket now, but it's going to cost you. It's okay to do that. That is part of business. And it's a good tool if someone is pressuring you to say, yes, I can do that, but you're giving up something also. I'm not just going to bend over backwards because that's an unhealthy relationship. We recently had somebody on our Discord server ask where to find clients as an editor. 
we're going to take the opportunity now to answer that question. If you have other questions, you can join us on the Discord server as well, and we will either address it in the moment, partially address it in the moment, and address it in the podcast more fully later, depending on what the question is and how much we think other people need to hear it. So for this one, where to find editing clients? I will say, just like every other business, this is going to be unique to you and the services you offer. If you are familiar with our marketing seasons that we've done on this podcast, a lot of that's going to be the same way. You have a whole bunch of potential people and you narrow it down to the people you most want to work with. Finding your target audience is that first step. Figure out what genre you want to edit in. I will never edit nonfiction. I find it incredibly boring and I don't want to do it. So I will stay out of those author spaces because that's not my editing style. If you're freelance, Fiverr is a really popular place to find an editor. Readsy, same thing. There is a collection of editors on both of these locations that you can start to build a brand. You can start to say, hey, I like YA romance fantasy. That is the majority of what I edit. Here is some things that I do. Build a brand around who you are because so many new authors are saying, I want an editor and they don't care. These are not the ones you want to look for. You want the authors who know who they are that you guys can click together. And that's really what it is. What you need to do is once you figure out who you want to edit for, the kind of styles that you want to do, Go figure out where they are looking for editors, whether it is those online communities like Fiverr and Readsy, whether it is a network to get into. You kind of have to break into those spaces and say, hey, I'm here. I have the experience. I have the knowledge and I have the capability of editing your story. Another place that I've actually made contact with a lot of editors are writing based events writing conferences or conventions, these kind of things where a bunch of writers are getting together, a bunch of editors are also getting together. If you are an editor, network with them. If somebody does spicy and you do clean romance, then you guys can help work each other and send each other business. If someone comes to you going, well, I've got it spicy, you can send it to them. And if they're like, well, I want it to be super clean, they can send it to you building contacts, and then having a booth or giving a talk at a conference. Show your expertise to the crowds, and they will be lining up for you. Hopefully this information that we've given you in this episode will help you establish and start your editing journey. It is difficult to decide how much you want to charge And you do need to understand that when you're starting, your costs and your prices are going to be lower because you don't have that backdrop of experience quite yet. But as you go on, remember that you can be flexible with your pricing. You can adjust it once you get more experience, once you get better contacts and a better workload, you can start to adjust, but always strive to write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 